You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on AmericaOutloud.com. I'm your host, Randy Sutton. Now, we have so much to talk about today, but we are pressed for time because we got a fantastic guest waiting for us in the interview room. So let's go to the briefing room where I'm going to give you my view from the blue. This week marks National Police Week. It's a week when law enforcement officers gather generally in Washington, D.C. at the law enforcement, National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial. Uh, for those of you who are un- unaware of it, the memorial is an amazing monument that bears the name of every law enforcement officer in America who's died in the line of duty. Uh, it is something to behold. It's, a, it's kind of a solemn place for American law enforcement officers. It's a place that I have attended celebrations of honor and unity um, for those men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice many times. This year, that honor was removed from us because of the pandemic. Um, Generally speaking, thousands, around 40,000 as a matter of fact, law enforcement officers and their families will gather. And the reason that they gather there is to honor those men and women who have who have made the ultimate sacrifice. In fact, each year the names of the officers killed the previous year are revealed in the granite and their families are uh, present when those unveiling of those names take place. There's an amazing candlelight vigil that also takes place. It is, I, I'm going to try and describe it to you. Imagine a sea of uniforms, a sea of men and women in their dress uniforms um, gathered within um, this radius around the dark granite of the monument. And each of them is holding a candle, a single white candle. And at the appointed time, all those candles are lit and they're raised to the sky. Uh, it is a it is a sight that I can only describe. If you you need to see it to feel it, um, it's a it's a moment of of pride. It's a moment of reflection. It's a moment of sadness. It's a moment of honor, and all those emotions. Um, sink into you while you are in the presence of those men and women. The energy level is is buzzing is the only word that I can I can use because you feel that energy throughout uh, the crowd of people. You hear tears. You hear sobbing from the people who have experienced recent loss. Um, you hear silence from most um, and in the distance, you sometimes will hear taps being played or bagpipes. Um, it, it is it is a time that um, the law enforcement comes together, unifies, and it is a it's a somber time. 
But this year we were unable to attend because of the, um, the pandemic. Um, and yet, I, I guess, you know, what's really, I guess, ironic is that this pandemic has caused the death of over 100 American law enforcement officers so far. And the death toll is still climbing. So, you know, the, the fact that we weren't able to be there, I get it, I understand it. Um, there were small gatherings around the country. Uh, some of us, well, we, we were in a solitary type of um, reminiscence. If you'd like to see the video um, that I did concerning this singular candlelight vigil, I, I offer you the opportunity. It's very easy to see. It's on my Facebook page, The Voice of American Law Enforcement. Um, it's also on our page at thewoundedblue.org. Excuse me, the, the Facebook page, The Wounded Blue. And I urge you to take a look at it. It, it serves as a reminder of how we honor uh, the lives of the men and women who have who've given their all for their communities. You know how seriously I take that as each week at the end of my show, I do the end of watch segment. Um, and when you listen to this week's end of watch segment, um, you'll understand what I'm talking about. This is National Police Week, and there is a very poignant inscription above the memorial. And it's a it's a description it's, it's a series of words I'm gonna recite to you in just a moment. They mean everything to law enforcement. And uh, they mean everything to me. Those words in valor. There is hope. I want to talk to you about CBD, cannabis products that are used for therapeutic purposes. Now, um, I didn't really understand about this product. Uh, there are so many of them on the market, and I, I never really paid attention to it because I was always afraid of actually using it because, you know, as a cop for as many years as I was, just the thought of using a cannabis product made me really nervous. You know, I expected, okay, am I going to get high from this? Well, there is a product out there called Luxvite, L-U-X-V-I-T-E. And it is all kinds of different forms of CBD. And I was very hesitant to try it, but a um, retired law enforcement officer from the NYPD uh, began a company that uh, distributes this product. He came to me and he explained to me that he had done a lot of research and found a THC-free product that um, that was that was amazing. So I, I got I got to say that I figured, well, what the hell? Let me let me try some of these things. And um, all I'm going to say is that I I utilized some of these products and I was amazed at the results that I got. Literally amazed. And so now um, I'm kind of a proponent. I had heard from people that I worked with that, that some of these CD products were, were damn good. 
And uh, Luxvite uh, is a is a product that that has been um, thoroughly tested. It is, uh, as I said, THC free. You can actually go online and look at the um, the purity of the product, and so it's really it's really amazing stuff. So Luxvite is um, is the brand, and it's luxvitecbd.com. That's L-U-X-V-I-T-E cbd.com now um because this uh, provider is former law enforcement uh retired law enforcement i should say he is offering uh my listeners a a discount on this product and so if you put in the code um uh blue lives uh you can get this product at a discounted rate as well so this is this is pretty amazing stuff. Go to luxvitecbd.com. Check it out and put in the code blue lives and uh, and get a discount at the same time. Give it a try. luxvitecbd.com. If you love coffee as much as I love coffee. In fact, even if you don't love it as much as I do, but you like it. Law Dog Coffee Company is the newest and the greatest coffee company to come along in a long time. Now, all right, I admit I'm a little prejudiced because Law Dog Coffee is a major sponsor of the Wounded Blue. They actually donate 15% of their revenue to the Wounded Blue. And they are uh, a partner of, of the Wounded Blue in a lot of different ways. So... This coffee company is uh, is law enforcement uh, based. It supports law enforcement, but most importantly, the coffee is amazing. I I love it. I mean, it's uh, it's rich. It's uh, uh, organically grown. It's ethically grown in uh, in Costa Rica. It is uh, um, roasted by a family roasting company. It's been in business for ninety years. Uh, it's rich, it is delicious, and it gets delivered directly to your door. It's uh, subscription-based. You can have one pound, two pound, 20 pounds, however much you want, delivered right to your door and uh, and get a taste of this amazing coffee. So go to lawdogcoffee.com. It was one word, lawdogcoffee.com. And, and also, by the way, they get some amazing gear, uh, T-shirts and mugs and hats and all kinds of stuff. Uh, really cool designs. So check it out, lawdogcoffee.com. Tastes so good, it ought to be illegal. Okay, I got some big news for you guys. With an invite, that's right, I'm going to invite you to a party. Well, it's much more than a party. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of law enforcement unity and pride. This is going to be the biggest celebration for law enforcement officers and those who support them in America. And it's being put on by the Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. And if you haven't figured it out, I happen to be the CEO and founder of that organization. But we're going to have a event like no other. It's going to be held in Las Vegas, October 17th of this year. By that time, I'm sure all this COVID insanity will be gone. And we are going to have a much needed 
celebration. So um, it's going to be dinner. It's going to be cocktail. It's going to be entertainment. It's going to be uh, an incredible silent auction and live auction. Uh, but it's going to be a whole lot more. There are going to be some huge, fun surprises. But it's also going to be a celebration of the men and women of the law enforcement community. They have a right to be proud, and the unity that they share is something that uh, that needs to be celebrated. So you're invited, and it's not even expensive, okay? It's $90 per person, and you get dinner, you get drink, you get all that other entertainment, and uh, it's going to be in Vegas October 17th. There's going to be discounted hotel rooms, um, I think for about $99 a room at the... Um, at a hotel which is going to be near the venue. It's going to be held at the Cox Pavilion. So um, I want you to go to Facebook right now. Go to the Brothers in Blue Bash. You can get tickets there. You can also buy a table for only $850. It's a table for 10 So bring your buddies, bring your spouses, your girlfriends, both if you know if, if you can get away with it, and, and come out to this event. Um, Brothers in Blue Bash, Las Vegas. It's on Facebook. We have our own Facebook page. And I'm also looking for people who want to sponsor this. If you're a business that wants to have its name out there in front of thousands of American law enforcement officers and their families showing that you support them, you want to contact me at randy at thewoundedblue.org. It's randy at thewoundedblue.org. The Brothers in Blue Bash, October 17th. And you want to be here for that. See you then. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. As we celebrate our four-year anniversary, thank you for making it all possible. Well, should it news deliver truth and inspire us to reach higher? With blogs, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. I have a very special guest with me in the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. His name is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, a man who I have come to admire and respect for well, well for, for decades now, actually. Let me give you a little information on uh, Colonel Grossman. First of all, um, he has five patents to his name. He's published four novels, two children's books, six nonfiction books, including the best-selling book On Killing. Uh, he's a United States Army Ranger, a paratrooper, a former West Point psychology professor. And since he retired from the U.S. Army in 1996, he has been on the road almost 300 days a year for over 19 years as one of our nation's leading trainers for military, law enforcement, mental health providers, and school safety organizations. And he is the director of the Killology Research Group. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Blue Lives Radio, the voice my, of my American pleasure. law enforcement. My honor, Randy. Whoever that guy is you talk about needs to go get a life. You know? <laughs> it's, it's been a great ride, brother. And, and I'm actually now on my 23rd year on the road, and we have over 200 days a year on the road. And you know, uh, 
I'm 63 years old. You and I are exactly the same age, and and I hope to do it for another 20 years. And, well, uh, keeping your your pace, if anybody can do it for another 20 years, it's you. May it be so. But people say why, you know. And here's the answer. And this is the foundation, really, of everything to talk about. Why do cops do what they do? Ain't nobody doing this job for the money. You know, if your goal is to make make yourself stinking filthy rich. Uh, you're in the wrong business, at least not legally. You know, if you want to be a famous celebrity, you're, you're in the wrong business, at least not in a good way. Uh, so why why do we do this? Why do we get out there and 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 deal with these every day? And I tell you, the bottom line uh, is is love. You know, waiting at home for me is my bride of 44 years, my high school sweetheart. She was uh, 15 when I proposed to her. I was 17. We are from Arkansas. Two years <laughs> later, she, she married a crazy army paratrooper. She did this ride for me. 44 years, come July, I'll be 45. I love wow. her more than life itself. But in my military career, I spent far more time away from home I ever did with my family. And now, for 23 years, I, I get home one, maybe two nights a week. Conjugal visit, clean underwear, back Because <laughs> the, the only one on earth more precious than my, my, my bride are my grandchildren. And we believe that we love our children, if we love our grandchildren, we love our nation, if we love our God, if we love our way of life. We believe we got to walk out that door and give 100%. And, I, and the worse it gets, the more determined we are to give it all we got. And that's Let's, the nature of love. And, and I'm telling you, you know, when you peel away the layers of why will a cop go die for somebody they never even met? Why, why would they put their life on the line? Greater love is known than this. They give their life for their friends. But there's many ways to give your life. And sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice a place of welfare of others, head of your own, to walk out the door every day and do a dirty, thankless job to the best of your ability because you know if nobody did it, our civilization would no longer exist. Not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice. For most of us, there lies the greatest love. And you know, I, I talk to cops across America. I'm, I'm in two, three, four, sometimes five or six cities a week. 100, 200, 400 people in, you know, every day and course not right now we're in the middle of the coronavirus but uh uh and and uh and i ask cops you know they come up to me get a book want to talk first thing is you know who you're with how you're liking the job and it is stunning amazing how many cops say i love my job if people knew how much cops in spite of everything that they're faced with if people knew how much they love the job they would be lining up to do this job and and uh, and and things are bad retention is down recruiting is down but the bottom line is that they're out there believing in what they're doing, put their life on the line for us every day. And the first step in resiliency is motivation, to know that you sacrifice for a noble and worthy purpose. And, and the, the let, let, me, let me stop you there for a minute, yeah. Dave. I want to delve into that a little more. So, you know, we've, we've, we're experiencing a, a, a mental health and emotional health crisis within the law enforcement community. Last year, more than double the number of officers who were were killed in the line of duty, took their own lives. And we as a profession are just now starting to recognize this. How are we as a profession dealing with it? And what can we do to, to, to make a much greater impact on this right. horrific? Here's, here's the core of the matter, Randy. The, the two major kills of our cops is suicide and traffic deaths. Suicide, far more cops take their own life every year than, than criminals. And loss of life from criminals is bad enough. Uh, but so the two major killers of our cops, traffic deaths and, drug, and, and suicides, 
And the new factor in the equation worldwide is sleep deprivation. We're in the middle of a worldwide epidemic of sleep deprivation. Now, the thing to understand is this. Sleep is a biological blind spot. Our bodies don't know how to make us get enough sleep because it always happened naturally. Throughout human history, every night, without fail, it got dark, 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 dark. It, it had nothing to do. It was dark. And so much talking, a little sex, you rolled over and you went to sleep. And then we invented the light bulb and the television and the video game. And suddenly we have to go 24-7. Our bodies don't know how to make us get enough sleep. Now, it's amazing how good our bodies are getting the right amount of food, air, and water. Think about it. How much extra food would a kid have to eat to put on one extra pound a month? If a kid puts on one extra pound a month, by the time he's 10, he's 120 pounds overweight. As we get older, it gets harder. But our bodies are good at getting air, food, water. Our bodies are absolutely incompetent at making us get enough sleep. It's a biological blind spot. There is nothing impressive. There's nothing tough about going without sleep. Any 10-year-old girl slumber party can do it. The professional thing is to manage our sleep. And if I could give every cop one gift, if I were a multi-billionaire, I would give every cop, every first responder, uh, a, 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 I think the Fitbit Charge 3 might be doing the best job. It's, so it's waterproof, wear it in the shower, wear it in the pool, just, just a band you wear on your wrist. And, a, and an app you download to your cell phone. Fitbit Charge 3 thinks doing the best job. It will track your heart rate, and it is very valuable to know where your heart rate was at different points during the day. It will track your steps and your calories, and it will track your sleep and your cycles of sleep. And it will, it will give you reports. It will tell you, you need seven to eight hours of sleep every night. You've been getting four hours of sleep for the last three months in a row. You can't keep going like this. We got to manage our sleep. And sleep deprivation creates impaired judgment. That's the heart of the matter. Mm. Having people make life and death decisions while they're sleep deprived is unacceptable. I, I'm on an airplane every night. If they don't have a rested crew, they cancel the flight. I'm good with that. Better no pilot than a tired pilot. We're all good with that. Better yeah. no cop than a tired cop. And, you know, I think, you know, we, we as a profession do a lot of this to ourselves because, uh, you know, you and I were talking offline about people aren't taking the police job to get rich. But the the reality is that the, the salaries for law enforcement – uh, vary so greatly across the country. I was, I was um, eulogizing an officer who was killed in the line of duty, was murdered, um, ambushed during a domestic dispute. And uh, when I, I mentioned his name on the air, and I was contacted by a coworker of his who said, Randy, I don't know if you know this, but he was making $9.28 an hour when he was murdered. And so you know, what's, ha what's happening is cops, it, they're working two, three Yes. Jobs. Yes. Basically. Yeah. The guy who decides whether or not to shoot your kid should be the best trained, best paid individual on the planet. And, and when the public realizes how bad it is, they're going to really begin. We're a rich nation. When things are wrong, we throw money at it. We've not even begun to throw money at this problem. So I, I tell you, sleep deprivation creates impaired judgment. 18 hours without sleep your impaired judgment equal to 0.08 legally drunk. 24 hours without sleep, impaired judgment equal to 0 0.10 above legally drunk. Two nights without sleep, and you're psychotic. Any graduate of Army Ranger School would tell about hallucinations on the third day without sleep. 
and we're in the middle of the worldwide epidemic of sleep deprivation. And here's the key, Randy. In the, in the active duty military, we study every suicide intensely. And our suicides have nothing to do with combat. A non-combat vet is likely to take life as a combat vet. But a sleep-deprived soldier can be up to five times more likely to take your life. Sleep-deprived soldier, five times more likely to commit suicide. Taking your life is not a natural act. You've got to have profoundly impaired judgment to, to take your life. Alcohol and suicide have always been related. Alcohol creates impaired judgment. You make a bad decision, never a chance to rethink it. But the most pervasive form of impaired judgment, creating a worldwide epidemic of suicide, is sleep deprivation. Teen suicide, teenagers, call them teenagers, 10, 11, 12. Teenage girls' suicide rate has tripled per capita in just the last decade. Wow. If you have kids, you should be scared sick about suicide. One of the major killers of our kids, and here's the key. When you send your kid to bed at night, take their cell phone away from them. No laptop in the room, no cell phone in the room. They go to the room and sleep. A cop came up to me during the break. He said, I had a good girl. He said she was an A student. She said, Dad, it's embarrassing. You don't have to take my cell phone every night. You can trust me. He said, so I trust her. I let her keep her cell phone. A little while later, she took her life. He said, my little girl took her life. Yeah, we never knew the hell she was living in until we looked at the text messages on her cell phone. Night after night of ceaseless, relentless, vicious bullying. And he said, I understood my little girl was bullied to death. What I didn't understand until now, she was sleep deprived, bullied and tormented to death in front of my eyes, and I let it happen. He says, I can't ignore that text message in the middle of the night. How can we expect our kids to? He said, the one thing on earth I could have done for my little girl is take her phone every night, let her turn off all the beds of this world to get a good night's sleep. This, this is so critically important. It's destroying us. Traffic deaths worldwide have come up. Now, decade after decade, we brought traffic deaths down. Airbags, seatbelts, medical technology. Now, worldwide traffic deaths have exploded. Suicides have exploded across the planet, across every age group, across every profession. What is the new factor worldwide. This epidemic of sleep deprivation caused by social media and text messaging and worse of all, those video games. The video games are a social blind spot. There is nothing wrong with cops or anybody playing any game unless it gets away of your sleep or your job. Remember, sleep deprivation is the same as being drunk. Somebody showed up morning roll call drunk, he'd kick his ass. If he shows up a roll call, sleep deprived because he played games all night long, he needs his ass kicked. <laughs> There's nothing cute and nothing funny about showing work drunk or so hung over you can't do the job. There's nothing cute and nothing funny about showing work sleep deprived because you play games all night long. And here's what we know. The games are designed to make it impossible to turn off. Right now, 200 million people online playing video games. We do this and 0.05% say, oh, good time, quit the game and say, no, we never do that again. We do this and nobody quits. They do more of that. Right. It is truly a interactive computer-driven algorithm with millions of bits of data every minute to make the perfect video game that's impossible to turn off. All you old timers out there, think Tetris. Remember Tetris? Think Tetris on steroids with crack. And, <laughs> and so you got to understand there's nothing wrong with playing a game, but you know 
it'll be six o'clock in the morning. Got nowhere to put the last six hours in. You got to go to work and your spouse is sincerely ticked off. Research tells us 15% of all divorces in America, video games are the cause. 15% video right. games are the cause. The spouse says, what's more important, your family, your health, or the game? No problem. It's the game. Wow. Divorce. And, and so set a timer. You escape for an hour or two every night. Set a timer. Ding, the timer goes off. Use your steely discipline. Save the game and move on. People say, wah, wah. I play a major, massive, metamorphic, online orgasmic game. You can't do that now or two and I tell them, hey, hey, it's cool, it's cool. So here's your choice. Decide now what's important. Is your vow of marriage important? Your family important? Your oath as a peace officer important? Is your health important? Are your fellow officers important? Or is the game important? Decide now. That game is so truly important. It's cool. Quit your job right now. Move into your parents' basement. Draw unemployment. Buy a giant economy-sized bag of Cheetos. Play <laughs> video games all night long. But if you want to have a life, you got to get these games under control. And I tell this to audience, military, law enforcement. I can see a lot of them look at me like a deer in the headlights. Say, man, you're talking to me. I tell them, it's okay. Nobody ever told you that. It's a social blind spot. Now you know, and you cannot deny it. You know I'm right. We got to fix it. We can't keep doing business this way. Let, let me let me ask you this, Dave. You you yeah. you interact with police officers all over the all over the country. I've been I've been uh, in conversations lately, and what I'm hearing is, is regarding the morale of police officers around the country is is very disturbing to me. Instead of instead of because I know that you're you're highly involved in leadership training. The it, across the board, I hear the same complaint. I'm more afraid of my bosses than I am of the bad guys. Are, yeah, you you see is, that a lot. You know, Dave Smith tells us that you, you can't love your agency. You can love your job, but don't love the agency. They're, they're, they're a political, amorphous entity that's going to change that you can't control. And as soon as you're no longer of use to them, you're injured or you're they're, they're, they're going to discard you and go on with the job. You see, you love the job. You love your comrades. You might love your boss, but you can't love your agency because they cannot love you back. And, and, uh, and it, this dynamic has always been there, but you're right. It's even worse now. And a lot of what's happening is this media smear of our law enforcement. So let me lay a foundation for people to understand just how desperately bad it is. Now remember, the motivation is love. The worse it gets, the more determined we are to give it all we got. The murder rate is being held down by medical technology. And when you really wrap your mind around that, this is absolutely transformational piece of information. If, if we had World War II level medical technology, the murder rate would be 10 times what it is. Vietnam level medical technology, the murder rate would be at least four times what it is. We have solid scientific data. One medical expert tells me tourniquets alone in the last decade has probably cut the murder rate in half. 10 years ago, nobody carried a tourniquet. Now everybody carries tourniquets. Cop slaps on a tourniquet, saves a life, you prevented a murder. Cops, EMS, citizens like me, veterans carrying tourniquets all the time. If 20 to 30 people a day slap on a tourniquet and save a life, we cut the murder rate in half. It is much, much worse than it looks. So the best measure of the problem is what I call the year-over-year -year increase in cops murdered. 
every year cops have better tactics, better training, better technology, better medical uh, resources. And so the only way to measure the problem is a year over year increase. And even in a year that can break down. U.S. Marshals, 2011, record number of marshals murdered the line of duty. More than previous 10 years put together. Following year, no marshals murdered. In just one year, they completely turned on a dime, transformed the way they did business, and brought the murders of marshals down to zero. In just one year, the, the comparison breaks down. I tell you that because it, it's the weirdest pattern. Go to the Officer Down Memorial website, take out traffic deaths, look at just cops murdered in the line of duty. It goes up, 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 and down. Up, 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 and down. Up, 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 and down. It gets to a certain point. Suddenly we get under 100. We're doing this, we're doing that, we bring back down again. But 2016, five cops murdered in Dallas in one incident, four cops murdered in Baton Rouge in one incident. 2016 was the single worst year-over-year -year increase in cops murdered in the history of our nation. And every place you see a cop murdered, every place you see a multiple homes at a cop, I show you many more where they tried and failed. It you know, I, I, this is this bad. is really an important point that you just yes. brought up, because when you hear just the raw statistic, and and there are some in the media and and anti law enforcement um, organizations and and politicians who try and whitewash the the attacks on law enforcement, yes. they yes. simply report on the death toll, yes. which 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 fluctuates but stays you know in the same ballpark. And they, and, and they use this statistic of death as a benchmark for saying, you know, yes. it's not, it's really not that dangerous to be a cop. Yes. You know, but I, I, but they the don't vice, even, they don't even talk about the number of attacks on yes. law enforcement. Yes. The, the vice president invited me to the White House last August to brief him on the video game issue. And I tried to explain to him how bad the situation is and that the murder rate underrepresents the problem. And we have, we have, inflation adjusted dollars. Anytime we talk about money over any period of time, we've got to allow for inflation. We know that inflation adjusted dollars. We need medically adjusted murders. And when we start doing that, it will absolutely transform the way our society looks at crime, looks at cops and looks at criminals. They, they don't understand how desperately bad it is. The number of people attacked them, you know, and, and the, so the ag assault rate's a better measure. I told the vice president, the ag assault rate is too easy to fudge. Where do you draw the line between ag assault and simple assault? It's like grade inflation in the school. It's too easy to fudge the data. And, and, and so the things are much worse than they look. And again, you know, we, we can record cops being assaulted, but even there, you know, we get to this level where we don't even report the little things. You know? and so things are crazy bad. And again, that motivates us. We love our nation. We love our family. We got to get the information out. The TV, the movie, the video games, the, the turning the killers into celebrities. You know, oh, let, uh, let, let's talk. Yeah. Let, let's talk about uh, about a factor involved with that. Yeah. You know, we have seen one of the most disturbing trends, I believe, in America uh, has taken place, and that is the politicization of the district attorneys. In this country, we are seeing activist district attorneys like Chesa Bowden in in uh, San Francisco. We're seeing uh, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. We're seeing um, uh, a, a myriad of people being yes. elected to yes. this office who are, in essence, one of the the chief law enforcement officers, yes. and they have an anti law enforcement yes. agenda. 
And you know where that came from, Randy? This whole dynamic. I mean, this, this is not, this is, this is solid info. George Soros, this multi-billionaire trying to pull America to the left. He does, he, he not, and, and, and what they're doing is they're funding, you know about this, Soros is funding these grassroots elections that transform America from the grassroots up. And so you, these elections, how much money goes into the district attorney's election? Very little. These are, these are small potato elections, and yet they're so influential. And so we got money being thrown at these elections to handpick candidates to move it in this direction. And it is tragic. And it's another representation of how much we got to get invested in our community and how much we got to stand up and say, no, this is not right. Look what these people are doing to us. They need to be driven out of the job. And, you know, the one in Chicago that wouldn't even uh, prosecute the, uh, the Jesse, what's his name case? I tell you, yeah. Yeah. that individual, that district attorney needs to go to jail. And, and she just got, and she just won re-election. It, it's, it's insane. And so we, we've got to fight back. If we love our nation, we love our family, we love our way of life, we've got to stand up and be counted. And if I were king, the one thing I would do is mandate sleep for law enforcement. Now, I'm in the air every day. If they don't have a rested pilot, they cancel the flight. I'm good with that. Better no pilot than a tired pilot. Better no cop than a tired cop. We've got to mandate sleep. Oh, we wouldn't have enough, then good. Then hire more and pay them more, and we will. Oh, it's the law, baby. It's the law. You know, cops got to have so much sleep, just like pilots. And, and, and one of the things that's happening is this impaired judgment due to sleep deprivation, but we're also doing some profoundly stupid stuff, Randy. And the data is there. I'm a huge science geek. My favorite website is sciencedaily.com. Just do some research online about it, factors. But the 12-hour shifts, California Highway Patrol, 10,000 people went to 12s. They dropped it like a hot rock in just a year or so. Uh, accidents exploded, internal affairs investigations exploded, campaigns exploded. At the end of a 12-hour shift, people are exhausted. I, I, I was I was unaware that, that they that they changed. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I work with them on a steady basis. They told me that. But, but at the end of a 12-hour shift, people are exhausted. Sure. And they make mistakes, and they do things, and they say things they will regret. They want to be like firefighters. Work 12-hour shifts, get all that time off. Well, firefighters get asleep on the job. Only firefighters and prostitutes make money in bed. <laughs> you ain't no firefighter, baby. But, you know, if, if we work carefully, we might be able to make the 12s work, although it's really is not good. But the single most irresponsible, destructive thing we can do is rotating shifts. It takes up the full year to fully adapt the night shift. Every time you rotate shifts, you're giving everybody jet lag. You're putting everybody behind the performance curve. Rotating shifts takes years off people's lives. The data is irrefutable. It destroys families. Families can handle night shift. Families can handle day shift. They can't handle rotating shifts. And it destroys people's performance. I tell departments nationwide, if you're rotating shifts, just start saving money now. You're going to be sued. You're going to be successfully sued. You're taking years off their life. You're destroying their families and you're destroying their performance. We can't keep doing business this way. The old timers knew what they were doing. Eight hour shift, tens are doable, put a hard cap on it, and bid for your shift based on seniority. Want to stay on nights for a lot? Then good for you, stay on nights, hunt the wolves. You want to move the days? You've got the seniority, it's fair, you've earned it. It's the only fair way to do it. You've got the seniority, you can move the days now. 
bid for your shift based on seniority. But the new guys come on board and say, I don't want to wait to get seniority bid, day shift, this is no fair, let's <laughs> rotate shifts. Well, suck it up, buttercup. Because rotating shifts means everybody loses. But you know, the guys that are listening to this podcast right now, God bless every one of them. They're, they're, they're striving for deeper levels of knowledge. They're striving for this, this nationwide dynamic. And, and uh, they can't do much about shifts right now. But I'll tell you a couple of nuggets that we can give them to walk out the door with right now. Sleep 101 begins with nap 101. Naps are a friend, but don't let naps get in the way of a good night's sleep. Anything more than 30 minutes starts to get in the way of a good night's sleep. Uh, if you think you're going to get a good night's sleep, you know, and, and then, then, then time, but if you're going 100 miles an hour, it's an emergency situation, grab naps where you can. But the minimum nap is 30 minutes. 30 minutes is not a good nap, it's a minimum nap. Anything less than that is a waste of time. So what that means to us is that the snooze alarm is not our friend. The snooze alarm is always set for about 10 minutes because the 10 minute snooze is just enough time to get that startle response. We've all been there. The snooze alarm is an evil little button that makes you relive the worst part of every day over and over. <laughs> and, and do some research on this. Just Google snooze alarm. Look at the research. It's not enough time for your body to use that time sleeping. It's wasted time. You get three snooze alarms, you threw away 30 minutes of the day. Is you and anybody in the room with you with those three snoozes threw away 30 minutes of the day. I will teach you a trick that'll put 30 minutes of every day back in your life. And it adds up to three and a half hours sleep back in every week, two pure, beautiful nights sleep back in every month, 24 nights sleep back in every year. Very simple. Set the alarm a half hour later and get the hell out of bed. And, and again, <laughs> do the research on this. It's like you're trying to force your body to fall into deep cycle sleep in 10 minutes, and it can't do it. You are doing physical, psychological harm to your body with this news alarm. And, and, and what about willpower, grit, determination? Have you got what it takes to suck up a bullet and drive on? Or is the first act of every day to surrender to your body? Muhammad Ali, boxer, great champion. He said championship began every morning the alarm went off. He hated running so bad he put his running shoes on top of the alarm. He hit his alarm. He grabbed his running shoes. That's champion willpower. Give a kid a marshmallow. Eat this marshmallow right now. I'll be back in three minutes with another one. Don't eat it. You can have two. That is the single greatest predictor of success in life. More than IQ. You can't change your kid's IQ. You can change your kid's willpower. You can change your willpower starting the night. The first act of every day, take charge of my body, set the alarm a half hour later, get out of bed. And, and set your cell phone for 10 alarms, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock. By the time you turn off all those alarms, you're up. And the you that goes to bed at night is making you that wake up in the morning, get out of bed. I'm deadly serious. Starting tonight, don't touch that cell phone. Uh, don't touch that snooze <laughs> alarm. Set, set a, a dozen alarms on the cell phone, get out of bed, and look at how you can begin to rock your world. The, the dark is our friend. Okay, not get one more minute of sleep. <laughs> You get quality sleep in a truly dark room. The docs tell us just the glowing dial of a clock is too much light. Turn it away from you and get online and order a sleep mask. I did say to my Facebook page, I did a little blurb on my two favorite sleep masks, why they work, how they work. In the military, we hand out the sleep mask by the fistful to everybody. It's one of the best tools you could possibly have. Make the room as dark as possible, wear a sleep mask, and you will begin to rock your world. You may not get one more minute of sleep. You'll get quality sleep and teach your children to sleep in the dark. 
Oh, it's, your, it's your it's your it's your opinion that it, when it comes down to officer safety, when it comes down to um, you know one of the greatest factors about about not only peak performance but about actual um, negative thinking, suicide thoughts, uh, and 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 even internal affairs issues, which can lead to. Uh, yes. to thoughts of suicide, yes. there is a there is a common factor, and that common factor is fatigue. If we gave one hoot in hell about police suicides, traffic deaths, performance, the very first thing we'd do, the huge low-hanging piece of fruit right in front of us that would make incredible difference is sleep. And, and we've got to mandate it. It's not going to happen until it's the law. I'm sorry, it's just be the first state to pass the law. You will transform our world. Hey, it's the law. You know, if it's a declared emergency, we'll go 100 miles an hour. But, but it's not a declared emergency. We're not going to put tired cops out on the street, just like you wouldn't get in a plane with a tired pilot. You don't want to get in a, in a, in a life and death event with a tired cop. And we've got to make it the law. It's a one legislative initiative that would make a difference. And then the others, the technology, where that, where that, Fitbit charge three, then track your sleep and track all the other stuff it'll give you and understand that you've got to make your sleep happen. The final dynamic on sleep hacks, well, alcohol is one of them. There's nothing wrong with the nightcap. One drink on the way to bed appears not to be too bad, but pound down three beers, go to bed and track your sleep. And you immediately fall into a shallow sleep. You wake up in a couple hours, can't get back to sleep. Don't use alcohol to put yourself to sleep. Nothing more, anything more than about one drink on the way to bed is counterproductive. But caffeine, here's the key. We're pounding mega doses of caffeine in our body. And people say, oh, I can pound down caffeine and go right to sleep. That's proof <laughs> that you are, you're messing your body up when caffeine doesn't make you stay awake. Here's what caffeine <laughs> does. It stops us from getting deep cycle sleep. That's where that chronic pain comes in. Doc, I heard all the time, well, the muscles and tendons never a chance to fully relax because you're not getting deep cycle sleep because you're pounding down mega doses of caffeine and then trying to go to bed and get deep cycle sleep. We, the half-life of caffeine on our body is five hours. That means the caffeine you took at 5 p.m. is still a half strength when you go to bed at 10 p.m. And it's making us have bad quality sleep. And when you wear that Fitbit and you track your sleep, watch your deep cycle sleep. That's the magic stuff, deep cycle sleep. Lack of deep cycle sleep appears to be a major factor in Alzheimer's and dementia. This whole fatigue sleep dynamic is a key factor in Alzheimer's. And that should scare the hell out of all of us. That that's, so, it certainly does. And yeah. we're and Dave, we're running out of time. Um, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to Come on to uh, Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Your insight is is uh, something that is uh, always amazing to me, uh-huh. and and you get, you 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 can take a, an issue that is just you know the most important thing in policing today is the lives of our officers and yes. the the quality of their lives and their safety, and and knowing the information that you just passed on today. Um, can literally have a startling effect on the lives of those officers. Well, so, Randy, one final note, if I may. Absolutely. Latest book came out a year ago, Bulletproof Marriage, not a devotional. Uh, cops know there is evil in the world. You need to tap into a force for good. 
Bulletproof Marriage, uh, 100 reviews, five-star reviews on Amazon right now. Just been selected for the Christian Book Award finalist. New book coming out any day is On Spiritual Combat. Most important book I've ever done, On Spiritual Combat. It's going to rock our world. You know there's evil in the world. We've got to tap into a force for good. One of the major factors in resiliency is faith. The military says faith is one of the pillars of resiliency. And that's an area where we can also make great progress is faith and sleep. And those two tied it together rather nicely. Uh, the books <laughs> are out there, recommend it very highly. To all you magnificent men and women are listening to this podcast. And I can, I can say this uh, from my own experience. Uh, I've read uh, you extensively. Um, not only are you an incredible writer, but your, your books are not just chock full of information. They're easy as hell to read and understand. And that's the, that is the mark of a true, a true that's author. That's a compliment. Thank you, my brother. So thank you again, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Um, and where can people hear about you or read about you? Do you have a website? Yeah, my, my key website is killology.com. K-I-L-L-O-L-O-G-Y. The scholarly study of killing like sexology, suicidology. Uh, I coined the term. It's now an established field, uh, killology.com. And my, my training uh, schedule is there. My speaking schedule is there. Uh, uh, my latest books. And, of course, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman on, uh, on, on uh, uh, Facebook and then LinkedIn. 22,000 people on LinkedIn. And I, I accept every cop that comes to me to get LinkedIn. We're bursting things out almost daily. Good stuff going out there. But uh, just stay safe and stay hard. And, and all of you magnificent men and women, and Randy, to you too, believe in what you're doing. This is the focal point, the friction point of our civilization. You are the single most important thing happening in our civilization is this desperate battle between good and evil, between cops and criminals. Believe in who you are. Believe in what you do. Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend seven years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's HealthyCell.com sleep. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. Being that this is National Police Week, this is a especially a poignant time for us. This is a time when the American law enforcement officer reflects upon the years past and the number of officers who have given their lives in the line of duty. This week's tally is um, it's, it's quite disturbing, and the COVID virus is to blame. First is Sergeant Lionel Martinez, Alamo College's Police Department in Texas. Sergeant Lionel Martinez suffered a fatal heart attack while responding to a shooting call 
on North Main Avenue about 10 p.m. He was responding to the initial call when he suffered the heart attack. His patrol car then struck a parked car on East Dewey Place. Other responding officers immediately began CPR. He was transported to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. Sergeant Martinez has served with the Alamo College's District Police for 21 years. Sergeant Lionel Martinez, Alamo College's Police Department, Texas. End of watch Tuesday, May 5th, 2020. Senior Police Officer Mark Hall Sr., New Orleans Police Department, Louisiana. Senior Police Officer Mark Hall died after contracting COVID-19 while on duty. Officer Hall was a U.S. Navy veteran, has served with the New Orleans Police for 35 years, survived by his wife, daughter, and son. Senior Police Officer Mark Hall Sr., New Orleans Police, Louisiana. End of watch Thursday, April 30th, 2020. Corrections Officer Kelvin Wilcher of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Corrections Officer Wilcher died after contracting COVID-19 while on duty at the Estelle unit. He had served with the department for one year, was a U.S. Navy veteran, survived by his wife and two children. Corrections Officer Kelvin Wilcher, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, end of watch, Monday, April 6, 2020. Corrections Officer Jonathan Goodman, Corrections Officer Jonathan Goodman of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice died after contracting COVID-19 while on duty at the William Clements Unit in Amarillo. Served with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for 11 years. He is survived by his wife and two children. Corrections Officer Jonathan Goodman, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. End of watch, Tuesday, April 21, 2020. Corrections Officer Coy Kaufman, Jr., Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Died after contracting COVID-19 while on duty at the Telford Unit in New Boston, Texas. Was a U.S. Army veteran, served with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for nine years. He is survived by his wife and one child. Corrections Officer Coy Kaufman, Jr., Texas Department of Criminal Justice. End of watch, Sunday, April 26, 2020. Corrections Officer James D. Coleman, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Corrections Officer Coleman died after contracting COVID-19 while on duty at the Middleton Unit in Abilene, Texas. Corrections Officer James D. Coleman, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. End of watch, Tuesday, April 28, 2020. Chaplain Akbar N. Shabez, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Chaplain Shabez died after contracting COVID-19 while supervising inmates at the Wynn Unit in Huntsville, Texas. He had served with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for 48 years, survived by his wife and five children. Chaplain Akbar Shabazz, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, end of watch Thursday, April 23, 2020. Corrections Officer Amanda DeLeon, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. uh, Corrections Officer Amanda DeLeon was killed in a vehicle crash on Highway 281, five miles south of George West, Texas traveling from the Lopez State Jail to the Connolly unit for an assignment. Her vehicle left the roadway during a period of rain and overturned. She had served with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for six years. Corrections Officer Amanda DeLeon, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, end of watch, Friday, March 20th, 2020. Police Officer Joseph Capello, Melrose Park Police Department, Illinois. Uh, Police Officer Joseph Capello died after contracting COVID-19 through a confirmed exposure while on duty. Officer Capello served with the Melrose Park Police for two years, having retired from the Cook County Sheriff's Office 
with 20 years of service. Police Officer Joseph Capello, Melrose Police, Park Police, Texas, excuse me, Illinois, uh, end of watch, Friday, April 24, 2020. Police Officer Charles Rob Roberts III, Glen Ridge Police Department, New Jersey. Police Officer Rob Roberts died after contracting COVID-19 during an outbreak within the city government building and police headquarters. He had served with the Glen Ridge Police for 20 years, survived by his wife and three children. Police Officer Charles Rob Roberts III, Glen Ridge Police Department, New Jersey. End of watch Monday, May 11th, 2020. May they rest in peace. I'm very proud to announce a major accomplishment. Um, it is our television series, The Voices of the Blue. Voices of the Blue is a YouTube television series. It has six episodes. Uh, it is, it is uh, written and directed by Mr. Jason Harney, a retired sergeant from Metro Police Las Vegas, who is a, an award-winning filmmaker. He was the uh, director and writer of our documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. And now we have our own television series. It is, a, it is a powerful, powerful series. It, it, it features stories by law enforcement officers uh, and experts in the field of post-traumatic stress. Um, many of these officers have been seriously injured in the line of duty uh, and, and talk very powerfully about their experiences. Um, this, is some, this is a must-see for law enforcement and their families, but also... If, if you are just simply a supporter of law enforcement and want to know more about what they face, you don't want to miss this series. It's free. All you got to do is go to YouTube and subscribe to Wounded Blue TV. That's Wounded Blue TV on YouTube. It is going to air, the first episode is going to air um, on Friday, May 1st. And then uh, another uh, part of the series will drop every two weeks. So... Go to YouTube, put in Wounded Blue TV, subscribe, and watch this series. You won't be sorry. Trust me on this one. And I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. We try to bring you interesting guests, interesting perspectives on the law enforcement uh, uh, community here. And, um, and we do our best to entertain you as well. So thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement on the America Out Loud Network.